Blog Talk Radio. Sponsored by WomenSpeakers.com, the largest online directory of Christian women speakers in the world, you're listening to Marnie's Friends. Hey everybody, this is Marnie Swedberg. Welcome to another edition of Marnie's Friends. So excited to have you with us this afternoon. Or if you're listening around the web whenever you have time, welcome to you. Our guest today, Mike Saunders, is a Excellent guest. I'm so excited. He's from MarketingHuddle.com, and he's going to be sharing with us some strategic marketing strategies that you can put into practice right away. During the next hour, you are going to discover how to connect better with prospects, how to command higher fees and pricing, how to structure speaking opportunities, amplify your brand online, get more referrals in less time, and close more business deals. Now, as an authority positioning strategist, Mike assesses corporate vision and instills a unified strategic online marketing blueprints. The result is that all of your marketing will resonate powerfully with your target audience so that they fully understand why you are the obvious choice for them. So um, he is seen as an expert. He wants to help you be seen as an expert and to open more doors to closing more business. So welcome to you, Mike Saunders. Hey, thank you, Marnie. I'm uh, happy to be here. Well, and I'm excited to have you because this is such a evergreen topic that we just need help on all the time. There's a lot to learn, and what I really love about what you do is that you bring it all together. You're like the guy that looks at all the components, and you're not just a Twitter guy or you know like that. You yeah. actually look at the big picture and help people kind of take a step back and say how are my clients really looking at me? How am I being perceived and what can I do to improve that um, in their minds as well as in their reality? So maybe before we dive into how to connect better with prospects, just tell us a little bit about how you got into marketing, how you, how you ended up being you know, this authority positioning strategist. Yeah, sure. Um, you know, I, I get that a whole lot where um, people, business owners and entrepreneurs feel really tired of getting all the phone calls from the people from many countries saying, I can help you with so- social media and search engine optimization. I can build a website. And and so those are tiny little components of a marketing strategy. But the problem is it if you do a little piece of this and a little piece of that and you're not really excellent at them all, then they kind of just go up as, in a puff of smoke. So you do need to know uh, an overall strategy. Strategy, but then mostly, um, I, I find that this authority positioning is such a thirty thousand foot view, fresh approach that it captures um, um, entrepreneurs' attention, and they realize that when they implement it, it'll capture their target audience's attention as well. So, um, what what uh, got me into the field is back um, in '07 um, when the crash happened. I've decided to get out of the banking industry and go back and do my MBA. Did that in uh, in marketing, and uh, then through that, I started uh, picking up some clients because I started talking about you know what I'm learning, and um, and business owners need that, and they don't get that because they start getting all the emails and all they get confused, you know. So um, I got into um, consulting with small businesses, then I also got into teaching marketing strategy for um, three or four universities, and I still do that. I um, love teaching, so I, I really bring a unique academic and real-world front lines blend mm. in my um, uh, consulting. So you know the the, the 
students and classes like that because I bring in real world examples. Um, you know, I, I host a radio show um, uh, myself, and so many times I'll post up a recent interview that I did with an entrepreneur in a class that makes the point that we're trying to make in class. You know, um, and mm, I, I recently cool. recently did that. Um, where um, we were talking about SBA loans, and I interviewed a guy that was an expert in SBA loans, so I posted that in there. And then conversely, when I can speak to an entrepreneur and say, hey, you know, from a marketing perspective, you know, I, I teach this class right now on, you know, entrepreneurship, and one of the points that I teach the students is – and then, you know, here's the entrepreneur feeling like they're getting real-world academic advice um, <laughs> right. as well. Right. So huh. that got, that's How what got me doing? into that. How do you feel like your banking background fits into your current marketing uh, business? It does not. <laughs> okay. it, I was curious yeah, about it, that. <laughs> yeah, I know. But I mean, it, it really doesn't. I mean, I spent uh, 11 years in banking and um, I found myself when I was talking to my strategic alliances, you know, I felt like I was always talking about marketing anyway, you know, because banking uh-huh. is just a widget. You know, a mortgage, a, okay. a bank account, mm-hmm. a credit card, that's just a widget. You're selling that to the, the consumer. So I found myself anyway talking about, well, you know, let's let's work on this strategy to get more interest in right. this. So when the crash happened, um, my wife was was saying, you know, every time, you know, I, I read just constantly and, and I never read the fiction or non, I mean, I'm always reading business books and she's like, just do your MBA because how hard could it be? You're already reading those types of books. And so I did that. And and so I, I could say that I draw off of my uh, banking experience just because of the fact that it was a um, really um, high affluent type industry. I worked with financial advisors all across the country um, with really um, high end and, uh, and uh, clients that they worked with, and I provided some uh, banking products for them. So it was really neat to, you know, um, work with people that had, you know, multi-million dollar portfolios and helping their clients out and, and everyone won. So, but I just absolutely love marketing uh, for the the small to medium sized business. And the, when I say small to medium size, it's because those are the guys that can't afford to hire a $60,000 a year marketing department and say, please help me. They can, and and then on the other hand, they can't do it themselves either. Right, right. Well, let's go ahead and dive right into the content of what you're going to share with us today because I'm excited to hear it myself. One of the things that you are going to talk about, and let's see this first, is how to connect better with prospects. And so uh, let's make the assumption that most people in business are already doing some kind of connection with prospects. And then let's just take it up a notch. How can we think about this in a different way to that. Yep, uh, that's that's really huge because no matter what business you are in, you have competitors. And sometimes those competitors have a bigger marketing budget than you. So maybe they're even being seen better and more often than you are. So how can you as an entrepreneur or business owner set yourself apart to your customer because you've got those competitors down the road or with a better website, you know? So that's where, where it comes into, you can't be louder. You know, uh, uh, one of the original books um, Seth Godin wrote was uh, about interruption marketing. You know, nobody wants to be interrupted, but permission marketing and creating that tribe of clients that know you like to trust you. Now you've got something to talk about. If you've ever, um, heard of the uh, uh, business consultant, Dan Kennedy, he has a, a quote that I just love because 
it, it really applies to this. He says, if you are not systematically or rapidly establishing yourself as a celebrity, at least to your clientele and target market, you're asleep at the wheel, ignoring what is fueling the entire economy around you, neglecting the, the development of a measurably valuable asset. So how can we as a you know, solopreneur or an entrepreneur with one or two or three employees be that authority, that expert, that you know, celebrity in our small pond? And that's really what it's all about. And I recently had a guest on my show that he said, you know – I can tell you a perfect example of how this worked from a consumer standpoint. He immigrated from another country, and he was looking for an immigration attorney to help him with the paperwork because it's so complicated. And he was referred to someone, and then he also read this book by um, an immigration attorney. And he went, and this uh, the one uh, um, person he was referred to did not charge any money for the consultation, so come on in for a free consult. And the author of this book charged a nice sum of money. He never told me how much it was, but he said it was a chunk of money. He said, I chose to pay for the advice because it came from an expert, and I knew that if I had to pay for it, it's going to be good advice. So mm-hmm. from the consumer standpoint, seeing that authority positioning, and we feel like free, 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 You know, let's give away free con- – People don't appreciate that. Now, not to say you never, ever should do that, but it, but if you want to elevate your game in whatever industry you're in, and we could bring a guest on and, and do a spot a hot seat and go, what's your industry? And we could apply this right to them because it does not matter the industry. But whatever industry that you're in, you have to be perceived in the mind of your target audience as a credible expert that has authority. So getting back to that Dan Kennedy quote – you have to be doing that, and it doesn't mean you have to be on national CNN news and the Today Show. It doesn't mean that at all, but it does mean that you need to be seen in a little bit better light than running you know, Groupons and uh, uh, Craigslist ads. Hmm. How, does, how do you actually connect that dot? So let's say that you are the authority, but how do you connect that with your prospects then? Well, um, you want to get it in front of them. So, for instance, um, maybe you've got your social media that you've been working on and you post up your Twitter and your Facebook and whatnot. And you could put out there what I like to call humble brags. So you could uh, you know, put out there on your social media, hey, I was so honored to be um, interviewed on Business Innovators Radio Show. Here's a, a, a link and take a listen. Or, hey, I was just so honored to have uh, an affiliate of NBC or CBS News pick up uh, my uh, recent media release. Here's the link. And so here's people out there that maybe saw you on social media or hopefully every entrepreneur has an email list of their clients and prospects that they um, carefully cultivate and communicate maybe once a month with some nice helpful information. So then in your next email newsletter, you know, I was recently, you know, that, that kind of a thing. So it's not yay, look at me, I'm so amazing. It's just this nice casual mention. And when someone clicks on that and goes, huh, they were in uh, CBS News and here's the link and it it has a nice media release. 
or, hey, they were interviewed on whatever show. That's how you get it in front of that target audience. But um, there's a, a marketing and, and business consultant that I follow named Marcus Sheridan, and he made kind of semi-famous a, a concept that I love, which is called assignment selling. And he found that when some prospects would hit his website and he could see not necessarily who exactly they were until they kind of filled out a form, but he could see that they visited two pages and filled out a form for more information. And invariably, when he tried to connect with them for an appointment, it never would happen or they would cancel. But if, if someone connected for an appointment and they had seen, I forget the exact number, but you know, 15, 20 pages of his content and really was reading through some of his stuff, the appointment stuck and they were very interested and most of the time would buy. So what he said was when you have um, a meeting set up with someone, even a phone appointment, but um, you're selling widgets, whatever you're selling, and you set an appointment for next Thursday and you send out an email confirmation, you know, hey, Mr. and Mrs. Johnson, looking forward to meeting with you next Thursday and learning more about you and how we can help you with whatever. Um, hey, in the meantime, just thought you'd like to take a quick peek at um, this media mention that I was uh, uh, recently uh, focused uh, or focus of this media story. And then also I was interviewed on this show. And if you listen to it real quick, it takes about 20 minutes. Um, it might answer a whole bunch of your questions. And then uh, when we meet together next week, you know, you get where I'm going with that. So now this nice email confirmation, they're going click, huh? news media click listen to an interview and even if they don't listen to every second of it now you are positioned so much more powerfully in their mind because uh, you show up for that appointment either by phone or in person and they're going huh this person isn't just some fly by night they know what they're talking about and many times those basic questions are answered and you're getting right into the meat of the meeting <laughs> this just happened to me um, with an author, I was I was trying to pick a book to uh, study, and I had several that were there. And this particular author said that you know he had spoken to and he listed a few places, and then he had, he had worked with the FBI. And I don't know why that was my my hot button that that uh -huh. made me interested in Nicole, but that made me interested in, in reading Nicole's yeah. book. And then when I found out further that his grandfather was, uh, or great-grandfather was Spurgeon, I was like, oh my goodness, this is the book for me. Yeah. You know, and it was so funny because it was like a, probably in a pot of 10 or 12 that were in the running for my next attention. And I was like, wow, I really needed those two key pieces in order for me to be comfortable choosing, you know, to spend, and this was a 10-hour program to, hmm. you know, to listen to. Uh, that, you know, it's like, it's interesting because we are like that. We do need to hear those humble brags. We need to have, and what I like to, I like to go back to the Bible says, let another man praise you and not your own lips. And that's kind of a uh -huh. principle of what's happening here is that we're letting CVS or whatever it is say, or the FBI say, this is a credible person. This is someone that we trusted enough to quote. Therefore, you can also trust them. And so there's a lot of value to having other people's opinions be somewhere where people can find them when they're looking for who to pick. Well, love you're exactly right. I love that um, example. And I recently did a talk for our local Christian business men – or not men's, but Christian business networking meeting. And I did this talk on um, the power of a good name. And and yeah. I integrated in many scripture references, but tied it into your reputation, your brand uh, reputation as a company, and um, and the points were just that that you were making, plus many many other points. But here's one of the caveats I mentioned. I said, here's the problem. 
do not let yourself get prideful because yes, you can let, let you know what I'm saying? I mean, you can really start going, look at me. I'm just awesome. And, and you can, you can, um, how about the be still and know that I am God. And you mm-hmm. can, you can take it to the point of sprinting down the road, looking back, going, come on, God, keep up, follow me. I'm doing your will. Well, you know, maybe wow. you're not, maybe yeah. you're not doing God's will. So yeah. maybe you need huh. to have a realistic expectation. Yes. Have, um, have other people that are talking about you. And I've, I literally, um, have a slide in a PowerPoint presentation that I do. And it says third party endorsements beat self-imposed titles and slogans every time. So if yeah. we can keep our pride in check and know that, Hey, every little bit of, authority and expert and uh, uh, status and every bit of good stuff that I can do in my business is, you know, because every good and perfect gift comes down from the Father of Lights. You know, God's given us these talents. Well, if we can keep that in mind, then now when we put these things into play, then it really works out well. Absolutely. Well, this is Marnie Sundberg visiting today with our guest, Mike Saunders. We'll be right back. Okay, you guys, it's time to just look ahead a little bit and see what's coming up next in strategic marketing training today. Next week, we're going to be how to maximize your LinkedIn presence with you and Kenan. And then the week after that, some leadership training. So be sure to keep us on your schedule on Wednesday afternoons here at Blog Talk Radio at martysfriends.com. Welcome back. This is Marnie Swedberg, and our guest today is Mike Saunders of MarketingHurdle.com out of Denver, Colorado. And we're talking today about some strategic marketing ideas. And um, we've been talking about just uh, connecting with prospects better by recognizing that you need to have a um, an expert authority position in the market. Mike has to go forward now. This ties right into the next topic we're going to talk about, which is how to command higher fees and pricing. So why don't you dive right into that one? Yeah, you know, you were mentioning previously about the guests that you had uh, seen the book and FBI. Um, was that something that you said something about 10 hours? How? What was that that you participated in with that guest? Um, it's actually an Audible. It's a, it's a, a resource on Audible. And I have a membership okay. with Audible, and I only allow myself one a month <laughs> from then. But I, but I do some research into like what I'm going to do, and you know what that one credit's going to go for. And so Nick Hall is who I picked for this time around, um, and and I always and I always do you know some research into the authors. I like to study from people who, again, it's this it's the same phrase everybody uses when they're teaching me how to do it you know, like and trust. I don't want to yep. spend 10 hours or even two hours with somebody that I don't like or somebody who I don't yeah. I don't trust or somebody that I would never want to do business like. I want to pick people who I would really like to, you know, emulate the results that they got. Well, the reason I asked was I, I couldn't tell whether it was a program you invested in. Um, and I was going to make the point um, that, hey, you chose them because you saw their authority positioning, but you invested time. And you know what? We'll tie it right. back into time is money. So you made a, an investment 
choice because you saw that person, um, how they were positioned. And the example I gave about one of my previous guests with the immigration attorney, they paid money before they even hired that attorney. And then, of course, they paid them more money to do the uh, legal work because sure. they were positioned with that book. So how can you use this authority positioning? And let's clarify this too. Authority positioning does not always only mean you wrote a book. Now, I work with entrepreneurs and help them become an Amazon bestselling author without writing a word because I think a lot of people um, hear book and go, oh, I can't even write a blog post, much less a book. But I've got a, a process where I help them become a published author without writing a word. And now when you're going out to your target audience, you're saying, hey, I'm, I'm a um, bestselling author, and that might help you get speaking gigs. And But where it ties into higher fees, people intrinsically feel like they get what they pay for. And when you have a higher, now that doesn't mean to mark your prices up 10 times just because you were mentioned in the news, but it should give you confidence that your pricing could be a touch higher and help you maybe even in that tentative, you know, no matter what product or service you're selling until you start just really getting some results in and hearing your clients rave about you and your results. Sometimes in the back of your mind, you're wondering about your own pricing. And I think that to build your own confidence to go, you know what, I am worth it. And, you know, I was mentioned here and I've got that in my book and I was on this radio show. So my price of X for whatever product or service is a good price. And then when it starts being confirmed with clients calling you back or emailing you back going, you are just amazing. This has helped me out so much. Then the next time you mention your price to the next um, uh, prospect you're pitching, now you're confidently talking about it. So the more and more and more that you do this authority positioning and, and these things we're talking about gives you credibility in your own self and your own self-belief. And then it allows you then, let's say that you do raise your prices because it's like, wow, I see my competitors charging X. And now maybe I can get up to there because I see they don't have a book. And so I was um, mentioning about authority positioning and book. It doesn't have to always be that because it could be the fact that once a month you get booked on a radio podcast show and you have a um, media a campaign built around that with some press coverage and you know things like that that you can use on your own website, your press um, page. You can use in your um, sales presentations, like I mentioned, uh, with you know pre-positioning yourself. You can use it in your social media. So, what if every single month you're doing that? That is authority positioning, you know. So it does not have to be a book, although that is the you know just the great uh, you know the big kahuna because now that opens up so many doors uh, to closing new business. And in fact, this will sound like a setup, but I wish that I had a uh, a, a live camera here. But at ten fifty eight this morning, I got an email from a client that I'm working with on their. Um, book project. And they said, the big podcast we tried to get on has done so well within the past. They were on this podcast that they just got a huge burst in business. But, um, you know, they were just a guest one time. And they said they've been trying to get on, on and on again. And they said, they're letting us back on once the book is available. So thank right. you very much for helping us open closed doors. Their book's not even out yet. And they're getting a benefit from it because they're using the upcoming book publication um, status with some of these these networking that they went back to in the past. And now here's this big podcast going, when that book comes out, we'll have you back on. And that's huge. That is a, that's opening a door to closing more business for them. Yeah, absolutely. Love it. And I was thinking when you were talking that there's kind of two components to this 
first of all, is to understand what the price range is for what you're selling. So you can't just pick a number out of the air. You do have to do your research and say, what are other people who are in my um, level of expertise, who are in my field, charging? And it has to be within reason or people just, you know, either if it's too low or if it's too high, people rule it out in their mind. I mean, we have an idea in our head how much milk should cost, you know. <laughs> and so yeah. when, we, uh, when we see something just bizarre, we're like, well, that's wrong. And uh, we just rule it out. Immediately you lose credibility if you're not in the zone. But the second part of it is once you are in the corrupt zone, then you, the second part of it is the confidence. And really, from my perspective, to command the hierarchies and pricing, you really have to be confident that what you're offering is really a good deal for the price you're offering it for. Yep. And that's where the confidence comes in. So just speak to that mindset a moment. Well, it's a huge mindset, and um, I think that we have to keep that in mind, pun intended, but so many times mm-hmm. because um, you – you have to believe it yourself. You know, in goal setting, let's say that you wanted, you sat down January one and wanted to write goals for the year, and you wrote down the goal: I will make one million dollars in income this year. Well, at the end of the year rolls around, and you didn't meet that goal. And why would that be? Well, what if you made seventy-two thousand the previous year? Your mind doesn't believe that it could happen. But what if, on the other hand, you made nine hundred and twelve thousand the year before, and you made the goal? I will make a million. You're like, all right, I got this because 900 is close to, you know what I'm saying? So you have to believe right. it yourself. Right. And, and then um, have you ever heard of that book by Dr. Robert Cialdini, um, Influence? No, I haven't. You know, it's an excellent book, and, and um, I love book summaries, so I'm sure you can find a book summary. And I also know that if you Google it, the, um, there's a really nice, like, a seven-minute overview video by one of these um, animated whiteboard videos on the book, um, sure. Dr. Robert Cialdini, Influence. And um, in there, in the book, he's talking about these kind of marketing psychological principles. Um, super, super book. But one of the ex- one of the examples that he used was um, there was a jewelry store that was trying to sell this whatever it was, you know, some topaz uh, um, turquoise jewelry set, and they just couldn't sell it, couldn't sell it. Well, the owner was going to go um, out for vacation for a week, and they left a note for their employees to try to get this thing. You know, they wanted to just sell the price, drop the price, and have to sell it. Well, the employee um, had misread the note. So when the owner came back and saw that this big piece, this big collection had sold, they were like, Yahoo, um, we got that sold. And, and they're like, uh, so you, you dropped the price in half, right? And he was like, what? And like, no, I thought you said times two. So this one half <laughs> looked like times two. Well, the employee doubled the price. Boom, it sold because the and then Dr. Robert Cialdini is a um, mark is a psychologist and he says your mind feels so attached to value um, that when someone walked in and they saw this big price tag they thought this is worth it and boom they bought it and you know how we in in business can never or should never compete on price. And I use this in, in a lot of my um, uh, presentations and workshops that I do. Um, do you know that Donald Trump owns a water company, uh, like bottled water? Well, I said, um, I said, you know, whenever you do in a live workshop, most people have a little b- bottled water. I said, everyone in here has got bottled water. What if we wanted to start a bottled water company to compete with everyone out there? But what if Donald Trump really wanted to put us out of business? He, he could literally pay people to drink his water so that we can't outlast that. We go out of business, and, and then he just goes right on back and raises the price up. So that teaches us we cannot compete on 
price but on value, and then that's predicated on our belief system and mindset that our value you we're providing really is credible, and many times that just comes with just doing it over and over again and seeing these responses back from your clients and and customers and I would um, encourage you know from a whole different mindset. You better get your reviews and your testimonials from customers so you can use them on your website, Google, Yelp, and all that for a lot of different marketing reasons. But I do find myself doing this at times, um, reading through some of my past testimonials, and it's kind of like this shot in the arm, and it's like, yeah, it's really awesome. And when you start hearing back, you know, wow. Um, and here's a, a side example. Um, I've got a marketing platform that I have where it's um, all automated and it helps you get these reviews and feedback and testimonial from your customers and clients. And then it um, gives them the option to go to Google Yelp. It's really nice and automated and awesome. Well, my tax accountant, um, when I went and got my taxes a few weeks ago, well, right before you know, uh, April 15, he said that he got 145 new tax clients this year just because of the work we did with that platform. And so, so what does that tell us? That people are out there looking for tax work in, in our area, and they're looking right at the online reviews. They saw his, and they chose him. And then in his intake, he's like, hey, wh- why did you choose this? And they said, we saw your reviews. We saw your reviews online. And so we have to be doing that for that business purpose. But when I hear stories like that, I go, huh, that's really encouraging. So if I was even just a slight bit worried that the pricing for that platform is high, I can now convince myself and confirm in myself that, nope, it's not high because how much does he charge for tax prep times 145? That was just from one tax season. So we have to, have to, have to keep that mindset so strong and and we don't want to use it for evil you know as they say we don't want to get ourselves so amped <laughs> up that we take the prices so high that now we're being unethical and taking advantage of people absolutely absolutely and you know that won't last long anyway if if you if you do it that way at some point at some point it it, it comes back around you definitely yep. want to do things that are you know that are honest and you know like you say the power of a good name and that's that's yep. going to be what you have at the end of your life. You won't have necessarily all those clients anymore, but you will have your name still with you uh, yeah. at the end of your life. Well, this is Marty Swedberg. We're visiting today with Mike Saunders of MarketingHuddle.com. And we're going to just take a short break and come right back and talk about, um, we're going to talk next about how to secure speaking opportunities and amplify your brand online. We'll be right back. And speaking of getting speaking engagements, of course, it's time for our today's womenspeaker.com feature. Today's speaker is Poppy Smith of Portland, Oregon. And Poppy's one of our longtime featured speakers over at womenspeakers.com. She's been with us for many years. She's traveled all over the world speaking. And you can find her topics and her reviews over there as well as her event types, as well as over 1,200 other speakers available to you. Uh, you're going to be able to check out their biography, what uh, denomination they are, what their fees are, all that kind of stuff is available to you anytime you have time over at womenspeakers.com with no middleman and no hidden fees. So I hope you go check that out. Well, welcome back today to our guest, Mike Saunders. We're talking about strategic marketing. And we just talked about womenspeakers.com. And, of course, the directory over there is a wonderful way to get found by people who are searching for a speaker in your area. But 
we're talking about outreach marketing where you actually, you know, that's when people are coming into you. You put your name out there and then they find you. But how about when you're trying to reach out and secure speaking opportunities? Mike, what is some strategic marketing thoughts that you have on that one? You know, it's kind of like um, what you were just mentioning about the um, sponsor. You know, there's a lot of people that can say they're speakers, but how good really are they? And you can have a lot of testimonials, and that's wonderful. That's almost like you, you have to do that um, just to, you know, to be a speaker, um, or else people won't trust your um, your credibility. Uh, as much because someone else vouched for you to say, hey, this person came and spoke. They were awesome. And so that kind of gives you at least just a little bit more to, to read through the website or to connect with that speaker. But the the thing that it almost has become a necessity and a requirement is a speaker needs to have a book. And and when, you know, like a lot of entrepreneurs that we're talking about here um, previously on the show is, you know, some of this authority positioning can be um, accomplished with getting yourself on some podcast and radio shows and getting media coverage and just using that in your in your sales collateral and things. And that's wonderful. Um, so like a book is not a complete necessity for the average entrepreneur, although that does take them through the stratosphere. But for a speaker. I would almost say that that's a necessity. And you can you can hear um, in different uh, groups that you've gone to hear speaking at conventions, you know, and now uh, help us welcome Amazon bestselling author or help us well welcome New York Times bestselling author. People just assume that that goes hand in hand. And if you're trying to get speaking engagements in your area, there's so many of these places that, you know, probably have many choices, you know, given uh, where they can find these speakers online. And I think that having that publication and that authority positioning, you know, especially if you have identified your target audience, you've identified your competitive advantage, what you do to help them solve their problems with your, you know, speech, your target, your, your um, uh, services. And if you then have that book on that topic. So for instance, when we say we're, we're writing a book, um, and it opens up doors to closing more business. It does not mean that it's your, you know, memoirs and it's your Pulitzer Prize winning life work A to Z, everything you do. No, it's it's focused on one problem and one solution. So if you're working, if I'm working with a client and they're in whatever industry, I say, you know what, we might be doing three book projects together over the next year or two. But the first one, let's focus on this specific vertical that you you right. work in and this specific uh, solution. So if you have that book on one problem and one solution that you provide to your target audience, and then you are going out to different um, associations that have your target audience in them, you know, like Christian Women's uh, Club. Well, if your target audience is women that are Christian, then you would want to go speak to them. If you um, want to go to speak at the, you know, Colorado Association of Engineers, uh, because you work with engineers, then you better have a book on how um, engineers can accomplish fill in the blank with, you know, little to no extra, you know, hassle. And now that meeting planner is loving to bring you on because you wrote a book on a problem that his audience really has a, a need to hear about. And then when you're in front of them, A, you're perceived as a higher authority just because you're speaking. And B, when you have that book, you really are just nailing the coffin shut with that. So it really does having that authority positioning and having that book um, is really, really powerful for that reason alone. Well, I know when I go to book uh, guests for this show, um, I definitely am looking at things like that. I'm looking for what is the credibility factors, what are the credibility factors. Um, we're going to do a training next week about LinkedIn, and that's a place where I frequently look. 
but also bookers look at Amazon. They just look for the book. They look for the book yeah. that addresses their topic that they're trying to book, and then they contact, you know, they check it out, read it, and contact that author and say, can you come? So it absolutely does. Another thing that can really help, too, is if you um, add a video, even a video clip of you speaking in front of an audience, that can really help. And I was surprised, Mike, uh, recently one of the speakers at womenspeakers.com posted a new video clip, and I know she's spoken for huge audiences, uh, just, you know, that she's getting got invited from our site for, and yet she didn't have a video. And so she just, she just had a small group, and she had a video taken. But you know what it did? It let us see how she presents. It let us see her style. Yeah. Um, you know, and it was worth it. It was so worth it for her to put on even what she could have instead of waiting for the big, humongous group and everything perfect. Uh, so I think that the video, the video clip is also helpful, but definitely as far as positioning you as an authority, you know, Definitely, the book, the book helps. And the other thing is, I think you know, talking about going back to the fees part, a lot of times the book sales and what you what you're earning after the talk is is quite a bit of what you are earning as well. It's not the talk remuneration is necessarily your only income from when you're speaking. When you have a book, when you have programs available, maybe even a membership program on your site or something, these all help to um, pay the bills as well and to uh, provide you an opportunity for the audience to take you home with them because you just simply can't in one hour or even in a whole conference. You can't share everything you know. And so if they love and respect you and want to hear more, you should have something available to them. Yeah, you know, you really that gets into a whole other um, area of consulting and things like that, which is you need to have more than just your one, uh, you know, channel or your one uh, type of um, earning uh, money. It needs to be, you know, some coaching or a group. Uh, program or a uh, online course that you sell for X that people can get engaged with you on. And, you know, the thing also to keep in mind when we're talking about a book is we're not talking about getting paid from writing a book like royalties. You'll be getting paid because you wrote the book. And I think that's a big thing to keep in mind because so many times people think, hey, author and bestseller, and they're going to make a quadrillion dollars in royalties and be sitting on the beaches of the world. Probably not the case. I mean, um, I can point. I, I've got m- many books on Amazon. I can point to one in particular. I can think that Amazon made hundreds of royalties on, but it opened up the door to tens of thousands of dollars in um, consulting and teaching revenue because I had that book and I put it in someone's hand, and that captured their attention on me a lot better than just, can we talk? And so I think that's the mindset is we want to use this authority positioning in a book as a way to open up doors to that we would not have gotten open before. And, you know, again, just to kind of balance it out, I've got a package on my website called Brand Boost, where a lot of people go, book, I don't know, it's got to be um, pretty expensive and hard and long term. Well, I do the book packages where I say, give me 60 minutes and 60 days and we'll have you, you know, Amazon bestseller published author without writing a word. But even if you're not ready for that, my brand boost package is as low as $250 one time. And that's where I bring you on my radio show. We do a specific interview on your business. And then I do a whole media campaign around that. And now you have that authority positioning and media mentions and humble brags that you can use in your business that way. So this whole concept of authority positioning can be as little or as, um, as large as you want it, but it has to be consistent. 
let's go ahead and talk some more about that brand concept. And we can't go into the whole branding thing here uh, today. But how do you, once you have a brand, once you've established who you are and what you do, and why people, you know, should consider you as a, you know, the best option for when they need what exactly what you're providing? How do you amplify that brand online? Consistency. You know, I mean, you, you can't just go, Yahoo, I got on a podcast and I was mentioned in the media, I'm good to go. And I, I, how many times have we gone to somebody's Facebook page and you saw their last post was February of 2011, you know, and you're gone, that's just so long ago. And I recently was at a, a, a website of someone that I was looking to do business with and I saw their press page and I, I looked at there and it was like, hey, look, here's a, they were mentioned in the press here, 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 and here. But the most recent one was from five years ago. So not that that's a horrible thing, but you have to keep that brand um, loyalty building um, with consistent action. So you don't have to be doing things so newsworthy that, you know, it's, um, you know, earth shattering press release and they're covering this in your business. It could just be normal things like, you know, Mike Saunders was recently uh, listed in the docurated, you know, um, marketing experts of 2016 with some digital marketing tips. Well, that's a that's a newsworthy piece, or it could be as simple as you know uh, um, Tom Jones was recently interviewed on the podcast on the topic of boom. So that can be a media event, uh, media piece. So the answer to that is keeping that brand in front of your target audience consistently, and it also is you can't just think that since you got it done that it just is going to attract people to you. Sometimes that happens, but you've got to get it out there, like the client that I mentioned that emailed me this morning about that podcast. That podcast person that was so successful for them to be a guest on, they didn't come and seek them out and say, do you got anything bubbling that we can do for you? No, they recontacted them and said, we've got a book coming out. Can we get back on your show then? And they said, yes. So you have to take that little action, but it gives you you know how a lot of times business people are like, ah, I don't know what to say to you know, my strategic line. I don't want to call them up. And, but now these kinds of things give you something to talk about. You know, Hey, I'm working on a book project and just wanted to bring you up to speed on that. And, and it gives you something to just have a brief conversation on, but it has to be done consistently. Yeah. One of the things that I'm still learning, and boy, it is, I don't know why this is so tough to actually nail and some people seem to have an, a natural bent toward it. But to have the things that you share, even your humble bags or whatever, to have those things be really shareable so that it's not just all about you or just about, like, here's the piece of information, like, I was on the show. No, it would be like, what did you say on the show? Like, what, yeah. what, is it that, what is it that turns my crank so much that I want to hit share that on my, on my feed? Everybody I know should hear about this. And there's a huge difference between just sticking stuff out there and sticking shareable stuff out there, stuff that people want to have on their own page where they see it and they resonate so much with it, they, they say, yeah, I want to have that on my feed. Yeah, you know, that's really uh, important, and that's something that I work with clients on as well. And right now I'm doing a project called Huddle for a Cause, um, which is a book publishing project where 100% of the royalties of the book goes to a Habitat for Humanity. And I'm working with another group where they're working with um, their clients. He's a business coach, and he's going to be do donating 100% of the retail royalties plus a, an upfront amount to his local, his church he attends, they work with a ministry uh, where they 
have a ministry in their church where it's on helping ladies that have been affected by human trafficking. So that's a, a cause that is really powerful and, and impactful to him and his uh, 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 students that he coaches. And so when you can have something where it's more than just you, like like I, um, the publishing arm of my company is called Higher Purpose Publishing, where we do these projects. And sometimes it really is more about than a higher purpose than just yourself. So it, it helps you then in that case to go, hey, I was just mentioned in the news about the project I'm working on for my book. But you know what I really wanted to tell you is we're donating all the um, proceeds to this great charity or who, whatever the charity that it is. It might be a, a Habitat for Humanity. It might be a, a ministry or, or a you know, missionary type uh, charity. But to be able to talk about it in that light kind of does set you back a little bit in the background because you're spotlighting a cause. Right, right, absolutely. It does change. And when, when, you, when you phrase it in such a way where you think, okay, if I saw this published, would I share it on my page? And if you just yeah. reverse that thinking – that will help you to be able to um, to get more shares and actually that's what the goal is. And it's not because you're proud. It's because you have something that God's given you, that God's flown through you, that he wants you, he gave it to you so you could share it with people. And so the more people that hear about it, the better. And so I think that it goes back to our confidence point again, too. Are you really giving something of value? And if you are, and if the, you know, if the cost involved with it for the person, whether it's their time or their money or Whatever, um, if it's worth it, then it's great. And that works all the way down to social media share. Is there value in that share for them to share it? And if so, they're going to do it. Well, this is Marnie Sweatberg. We're visiting today with Mike Saunders of MarketingHuddle.com. We're going to come right back and talk about how to get more referrals in less time and how to close more business deals. We'll be right back. Okay, and the future of the day is boot camps. Uh, first of all, if you go over to Marnie.com, you can find all kinds of boot camps available to you that we've already done, and they are available to you online anytime you have time to take them. Uh, they always include a workbook as well as the MP3s as well as the Q&As, and so you can go over there and check those out. Um, they're in the membership zone, and so you can look there for that and... We don't have any boot camp scheduled right now, but we'll probably be doing one later in the summer for a speaker booking boot camp, and you can find all that over at marty.com. Well, we are in our last leg of the hour here with our guest today, Mike Saunders of marketinghuddle.com. We're talking about strategic marketing, and a lot of our focus today has been on um, authority positioning as an expert so that you're the obvious choice. And of course, that just <laughs> shortens the uh, shortens the difficulty way down to its least uh, least possible denominator. There, um, let's talk about how to get more referrals in less time. Yeah, um, you know, is interesting how just timing works uh, you know literally you know it, like i mentioned that email that i got from that client it was literally came in this morning well last night i was watching a business show and do you know um who ivan meisner is no i don't know him either <laughs> he's the founder of bni uh, Business Networking International. It's a big leads group. And um, so they're all about referrals, right? Well, one of the points that he made is here's how you get more referrals. You don't ask for them. And it seems counterintuitive, counterproductive to not ask for referrals when you want referrals. But what is the solution? 
You have to be referable. You have to be um, remarkable. You have to be worthy of being remarked about. And and it's kind of like um, Bob Berg in his book called The Go Giver. It's the concept of giving first and serving first, and and helping impact your prospect and your clients' lives before you even ask for anything. Because people know what you do for a living, and if you're able to give them that service and give first and be an advocate for them and and uh, educate them, then they're they're going, wow, they didn't ask for anything. What can I do to help you out? And then that's how the the conversation can turn around. So. Um, getting back, getting the more referrals. Let's think about it like this. Um, have you ever been at a networking meeting, like a chamber event or some event, and someone hands you their nice, beautiful, glossy trifold brochure? Well, how much do you think that costs them to make? Buck and a half? I don't, I don't know. know, but but you know something, <laughs> right? And and what do yep. you do with that? I I literally don't. I don't. I don't even have to roll it. When someone hands me a business card, I have every and I um, take a snapshot of that, and it automatically syncs it to LinkedIn, sends them a LinkedIn request, and saves it in my Evernote so that if I ever need someone's business card information, I scroll through my Evernote, and I look for the business card, do a quick search, and there it is, and now I know how to call them. And it also sent a LinkedIn request. The point is, who who needs trifle glossy brochures these days? And they cost money. And which would be be better to make an impression on someone? Handing your trifle glossy brochure that someone's going to glance at, and then when you walk away, it's going to go on the floorboard of their car. Or here's this glossy book cover that has your picture on it, your name on it, and it's titled something that really makes an impact in the, your target audience you're working with. Now that's going to make an impact. And maybe you stick your business card in the middle of the book as a bookmark, and you're like, hey, it's nice to meet you. Let's, uh, let's give, uh, give me a call next week. Let's grab a coffee. Well, that sets the stage for deeper conversation, strategic alliance, and referrals. So you're stimulating and setting the stage for referrals by that authority positioning that you are exhibiting to them because people want to align with people of influence. You know, it's kind of like, oh, well, you know so-and-so, wow. And not that you're going to be that to them, but but many times people will brag on you and go, hey, you need to call my friend so-and-so. He just came out with the book, and and you were mentioning that you needed that whatever and hey give them a call or and they're not going to cart your books around hand them out for you but the fact that you introduced yourself that way they're going to be very much more um able to make that referral because you're staying top of mind yeah yeah and i like how um i like how some of the systems especially linkedin makes it really wonderful to do the you know you mentioned the go giver and i love that practice where you actually give a referral where you feel like you want to give somebody a public kudos and you go over there and you do it. And LinkedIn just has this really nice system where when that happens, it just automatically offers the other person the opportunity to give you a referral in response. And that is so cool. But to me, one of the things that I have loved most about the, the, uh, the social media now is that when people give you a public kudos like that, you already have their permission to publish it because they published it first. And yeah. so it's so easy. If anybody quotes you anywhere on Facebook, on you know anything, um, they've given you permission to to show that to other people just by their quote. If they send it yep. to you in an email or something, you might want to call you know send yeah. back a quick thank you note and ask permission to use it publicly. But if they've done it on your Amazon page or anywhere else, you can use it anywhere. So it just makes it. I think that getting referrals has gotten so much easier. Um, just in the current in the current setup of things. 
Yeah, it totally does. It really does. And and you have to not approach these things we're talking about as a um I don't know what you want to call it, like a a vending machine. I put my money in and I get this out. Right. You know, you have right. you can't do that because people will see right through it. But when you do it right. the right way, it comes off really comfortable and really genuine. And when you are that person, that person of authority, then the advice you're giving in that initial, you know, interaction, whether it's a consultation or just an initial conversation, they're listening a lot deeper and a lot better than if you cold called them and said, do you have, do you have a quick minute of your time? Because they've accepted this meeting and they've seen you out and about there because you sent some of these links and they listened to your, you know, 15 minute uh, interview before. And now they're like, Oh, this person knows what they're talking about. And then when you say, you know, what you mentioned to me makes me think, here's here's a, a thought for you. Here's a recommendation. Let me know if I can help you with it. But here's here's just some good uh, advice I think would help you out. And they're really taking that to heart. And I, I recently read an article from a guy that teaches his clients how to you know raise raise their fees and make more money in fees and be more confident and all that. He said that he used to be on this um, consulting website where you would charge, you know, like a, um, you know, a dollar a minute. You know, something like that. Like, and when when he would do a, a consultation, and you know, for ten or fifteen minutes, he would follow back up with that person. And a few weeks later, they hadn't done anything. But he raised his fees to like six dollars a minute, and he would find that he had less consultations, but the ones that he had, he's making way more money on. So it was more beneficial mm-hmm. anyway. But then when he followed up with them a few weeks later, they're like, yep, I, I did this and I did this and I've already done that. And right. because people are taking it to heart more because they see you as an authority and they're paying a little bit more. So it all ties in together so well. Yeah, that's what I found too is that you really want to pick your clients. Um, if you if you don't care if they follow up, then the price can be lower free. But if you want them to follow up, then you really do want to charge something that they're going to invest in and that they're going to <laughs> follow through on. So, so true. Well, let's go ahead and in our last few minutes here, talk about how to close more business deals. And, of course, we've been kind of leading up to this the whole hour by talking about how to set the stage, how to already have a relationship with these people before you even ask for the, you know, ask for their business. So, what are some simple strategies that we can keep in mind as we go toward the close? Um, I would say that just to, all those books that you read about, you know, closing techniques and objection, overcoming objections, they really get people frantic, salespeople frantic or entrepreneurs because it's like, well, if they said something I didn't learn, I think you have to just be casual and confident and and comfortable and 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 all of these things about your product and your service, and the business should close itself. And and I don't mean you know you wake up and and you saw you know four PayPal um, uh, influxes of money on your email because it just closed itself. But I mean that if you've done it right and you've been positioned right and you did some of that assignment selling like we mentioned, that to me that's the biggest thing. They go to your website and they see oh they wrote a book oh they were on this show oh they were mentioned in this media and then they book some uh, time with you or they you know you handed them a copy of your book at a chamber meeting or whatever the case is and they listen to you whether it's on a radio interview or they read your book that you handed them or or you send it to them as a pdf now when you're meeting with them the chances of that sale closing are dramatically higher now does that mean it's going to be 100 percent? nope so out of every 10 appointments that you have if you normally were to close three or four, that's probably a really good high closing ratio. Is this going to get you to eight or nine? Probably not. But if it gets you to five or six, just that one incremental increase higher is 
astronomical to the, the bottom line, the profit bottom line, because you're doing all the same work to book those 10 appointments. Now you're just closing you know, 10, 20, 30% more just from even that one extra number. So that's how you're going to close more business. And I like to say that the authority positioning um, opens up doors to closing more business. And I'll kind of wrap up my thoughts with a couple uh, neat quotes. Um, there's a really good um, uh, author that I re- – I mean his, his book is called The Ultimate Sales Machine, um, and his name uh, – have, have you ever read that book before? No, but I've heard of it. Yeah, Chet Holmes. Um, he says experts close three times as many deals as salespeople. So if you're an expert – you will close three times as many deals as just that salesperson. And then Dan Kennedy, who we mentioned previously, he has a quote that says, salespeople have brochures, experts have books. Yeah, yep. yeah that's great. And, and Dan Kennedy is actually one of our um, trainers at Marnie.com too. And he, you know, he, is such a, he is such a wealth of information on marketing. He is just a huge, huge marketer. And what I wanted, what I was thinking about when you were talking about, uh, com- be confident and comfortable. Know that you're the right fit, and then you know it, the cl- the deal almost closes itself. And it, that sounds easier than it is, but at the same time, if you were to think about it this way, if you were to think that if you were trying to sell a house as a realtor, but what the person wanted to buy was a car, you wouldn't ever be able to do it. But if you were trying to sell a Corvette, but what the person really wanted was something more like an SUV, you wouldn't be able to do it. And if you were trying to sell the SUV, but you only had red and they really wanted to have blue, you still wouldn't be able to do it. But once you have the person who's looking for what you have and that you're in a position to offer it to them at a good at a good rate, the rate that's in the realm of the of reality of what they're expecting to pay, kind of in the zone there, and you're the obvious person to do it, then it is really not a problem. So I think that what we've been talking about the whole time is how to position yourself both to have confidence in your own eyes as well as in the eyes of the buyer. Am I summing that up about right? Uh, We could just drop the mic right there because that is it in a nutshell, yeah. Yeah. And I think what, where we really where we really drop the ball most of the time, I'd say, is in the confidence we have in ourselves. We just think we really aren't the person. You know, we we really can't do it. We can't do be what they need us to be, or we can't do what they need us to do. And I think that you know this process of of writing a book and getting your thoughts clarified and having it be a very clear either process or system or answer or solution or whatever it is that you're trying to communicate, by the time that you have that clearly defined does give you a new level of confidence, and that confidence is, um, you know, radiated out to the people around you. And and that's good, and that's a good thing. Yeah, so um, just in about one minute, Mike, if people go over to your website, what are they going to find over there at um, marketinghuddle.com? Um, yeah, a lot of the things we've talked about today on authority positioning and reputation marketing and reputation management, um, they can um, get actually a report on how their business is being seen online as far as reputation. Um, so, you know, do you have issues with good reviews, bad reviews? Are you on different directories? So that's a good help. Um, so you can read through the the brand boost page. It's right there on the homepage. You can click on that and just read through how 
that could help your brand, whether you do one or a package of three or six. Um, and then also on the authority positioning page talks all about the power of writing a book. And, you know, it's got a little uh, a video there. And on my blog, I've got some uh, video footage of me giving presentations on, you know, brand uh, building and reputation and uh, the power of a good name. And so just different things like that. And it just brings a whole different perspective to, to business owners and entrepreneurs, because so many times it's like, you know, here's this product and service buy this package now. And so many times it, you, you got to see what fits. So that's where this authority positioning comes in. And then right on, on my site, you can click the contact um, uh, tab, and then you can look at my schedule and see what's available and book a time. And I, I do offer free um, consultations. I, I go against that uh, aspect we talked earlier, but I do offer a free uh, brief phone call just to see <laughs> if there might be a fit. Absolutely. That sounds great. Well, this is Marnie Swedberg. We've been visiting today with Mike Saunders. Thank you so much for being here, Mike. Super. Thanks for having me. And thank you guys for being here. I hope you have a good rest of the day. We'll see you over at Marty.com and next time here on Marnie's Friends. Have a good afternoon. Bye-bye.